What's happening, heavies and glamours? This is your host, Ibi Akbar. Welcome to One on One. Hey guys, please make sure to give this episode five stars on Spotify. It would help me out dramatically. I hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome to One on One with Ibi. I am sitting with a world-renowned DJ, an Australian icon, an international sensation, someone that I'm a very, very big fan of, someone that a lot of heads from the area will always say that they personally know him. Marlo, welcome to One on One. Thank you so much for coming down, brother. Thank you, thank you, thank you. How are you, my friend? I'm really good, man. Thanks for having me. Of course, bro. Thank you for making time to come here. I'm going to jump into it, but before we start, I'm not going to lie to you, bro. There was a split-second thought where I'm like, should I just cancel the podcast and call all the boys and be like, bro, we've got fucker Marla coming down. Let's party in the studio. Yeah, but yeah. I'm glad I stuck to the podcast. Either way, it would have been fun though. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been down. I would have been down. This, this is good, man. Like we've been meaning to do this since transmission as well. So, yeah, man. Because so yeah, we talked about it then and I know you're so flat out. You got, you got a festival today, bro. You're going to a show straight a few after hours, this. Yeah. Which is crazy. Before we start though, if you guys can't tell at home, Marlo and I are wearing legitimately the exact same shirt. I don't know if he should be interviewing me now. I don't know, bro. Like this is this is just we weird. We got bro. good taste. We got you know good what taste. talent? It's great minds think alike. Though, that's you know? it. So that's it's it. good. First question. It's about your stage name, okay? Because it confuses me a little bit. Like I'm not in a position to talk about the spelling of names or anything because my name just sounds like random letters put together but your name your stage name has got like lowercase m lowercase a then capital rl what can you explain that was that order correct what's going on <laughs> it's, it's a good question so basically it's my real name my real name yeah, is Marlo. Yeah. that's on that's on my passport my driver's like that's my name yeah um so when i first started making music and stuff my first release they spelt it mario are you joking on the release on the on the artwork and they couldn't change it or submit it and stuff and then after, afterwards we got it deleted but uh and also i let that one slide but then a few times in interviews and stuff they called you mario they would ask me so mario how are you doing no and stuff. Way. it still happens now like because the the lower case l people mistake it just for an so i you put your name down as a spelling correction like that's exactly that's so i put the capital l i mean <laughs> let's make this clear all right let's make it clear it's marlo <laughs> Nothing wrong with the name Mario, great name, yeah, but it's not my name. No, that's not it's how not, I was born. Bro. You don't okay. want to be known as Mario. Thank God I didn't start this interview as Mario. Exactly. But, that, that but it be. still happens now. Like sometimes I'll get like, a, I don't know, the pizza delivery guy or something. Like yeah. that. Oh, Mar- order from Mario. I'm like, Mario, sorry. No. No, wrong order, <laughs> don't man. Know, bro. No one <laughs> and they like, have to double check. I'm like, Marlo. Anyway. Fuck, it makes you think, but like someone in your position, like with such an, it's pretty easy. Marlo's not a hard name. It's not. Imagine I was a fucking DJ, bro. They would butcher <laughs> my fucking you can do name. Ibi. I could do EB, but they'd be like, EB Games, like eBay. We got DJ eBay here today. <laughs> so then when I put the capital L, I'm like looking at the name, how it looked like when I was designing, because I've designed my own logo as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, it looks wrong, looks wrong. I've got to do another capital in there somewhere or, <laughs> oh, yeah. or make it all capitals. I thought about that yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, fair. But then like just the way it looks also like a waveform, like a, it an, looks audio, nice. yeah, an yeah. audio waveform. Exactly like right. That. That's what so I, I thought like, you were doing with it. Low. So yes. it's just kind of work that way and it looks better in the logo yeah, so it does. I stuck well with it. now we know and if anyone gets your name wrong you will call me directly <laughs> and i will i will sort them out myself if i have to bro right. with a different color shirt no. <laughs> <laughs> all right so you're young you're doing your thing what was the first sort of song or so- track that you heard when you were really young that made you think you know what this is 
this is what I want to do. I want to try to make my own track. I want to try to make my own song. Like, how old were you when you first, first sort of wanted to get into it? I was like, um, when I first fell in love with electronic dance music, so mm. electronic music was like 15. Wow. So, yeah, I liked acts like The Prodigy and Aphex Twin, like more experimental electronica type mm. of electronic acts. Um, and then when I turned 18 and I started going to the clubs and stuff, like Hard Trance and Hardstyle was like my thing that I would go out to. Yeah. And <clears throat> I just thought, this is what I want to do. This is what I do with my life. So I sort of hit a switch in my brain and said, I'm going to make this my life. That's fucking amazing, bro. So was it 18 years old where you're like, is that when you started properly DJing? Like That's when I started making music, really. Like I started already dabbling around when I was like 17, just experimenting with sounds and stuff like that. And I had a keyboard. But at 18, I sort of took it more serious and probably by like 1920 I was like full on into it That's like, what I this is what I'm doing so was that when you, at 19 where you're like this is what I'm going to be doing full time now like leave everything else I want to jump head first into this and just, yeah. and just try to make something for myself yeah my, my goal when I first started out um, was just I've never been focused on money yeah. or huge fame or anything like that uh -huh. so my, my goals were pretty achievable I suppose in the first place because it was just like basically I wanted to earn enough yeah. that I didn't have to have a day job ever again in my life so wow. I was just like if I can make let's say a thousand dollars a week yeah I'm good Fuck. so that was my goal yeah to start off with to start off yeah with, yeah right and that took a long time that took in fact that goal took a lot longer to achieve than to go from that level to the next level wow so it took like eight years to get to, get to, to that. that level. And I had day jobs that whole time. I'd, I was working in ladies' shoes. I was selling mobile phones, anything. I was hustling, struggling to pay my rent, sometimes borrowing money off my mum to pay my rent. Like wow. I was in struggle town for eight years. Just to get to that goal that to you get set to, to yourself. So I could quit my day job. It took me eight years or, or even longer to quit my day job. And after that, the next goals that you set of like yeah. playing bigger festivals or, or getting bigger releases or whatever else, that went much quicker at that point. So it's that first struggle yeah it's like a snowball yeah it's a snowball effect it starts small small for so long and it's hard and to once it gets bigger it gets bigger quicker it gets insanely big and which is a perfect way to describe your career yeah like like you said the first eight years may have been a bit of a struggle yeah and, and it's funny that you mentioned borrowing money from your mum and stuff i'm still borrowing money from my mum, yeah, though, so don't, totally. don't worry about it bro. no but the hustle is real and you know what else it's not up and down yeah it's, never. it's, it's, it's sorry it's not one way up it's not a linear like from from nothing and then big. It's like you have moments of huge success where you think, oh, I've made it. And then you crash back down to nothing. 100%. And you have to start again. And like ideas don't always work out. And you, have to, keep, you have to keep failing to succeed. You have to. It's funny how like you and I have got a little bit of different industry. We're in the entertainment industry, but you do something so different to what I do. But it's, yeah. so, it's so funny that we can still relate on the same ground. The fact that hard work will always outweigh everything else. Like you've been doing it. Like people would look at your success now and be like, oh, he's an internationally acclaimed DJ. Mm. But they don't see you selling those shoes, selling phones, all these things, just to get to that level where you're like, I'm actually, I can focus on this full time now. Exactly. It's incredible. Even the Altitude events, which are now like a huge success. Bro, I sold 20,000 tickets in yeah. Sydney. And like How many? 20,000 in Sydney, just, just for myself. Wow. For four hours. So it's, it's, it's at a ridiculous scale. But like when I first started Altitude with three of my friends, um, it was in a small, it was in the Dendi actually, which was a cinemas in Martin Place. We started there and it was like for four or 500 people. Yeah. And it was pretty successful. And we thought we were the, the kings. We were yeah, getting invited interstate. And then we got sued and we had to change what? the name. Yeah. And then so nobody came and we went completely bust, bankrupt. And Altitude disappeared for six, seven years. 
Where, where it was fuck? it didn't exist. Yeah. So Why they we, see? We, because they, there was a bar in Melbourne called Altitude. Bar Altitude. Uh, we were kids. Know. We were we were kids. Like we yeah. we couldn't we couldn't go to court. And the guy was a oh, trademark lawyer that owned that bar. Oh my god! So he's coming. We had in. no chance. Yeah, of he, he was doing it himself. Yeah. So it was like he basically told us change your name. Yeah. And we well, had to trademark comply. lawyer if you're watching. <laughs> <laughs> like they've shut down now. Oh well. And that, that's what happened. So yeah. when, when I want to start my own event, I'm like, well, that bar shut down now. No, nothing's in our way. Hundred percent. I'm calling it altitude again. Yep. You know? And it's reminiscent of what you used to do exactly. as well. So it's like a full circle, basically. Yeah. And that started, I restarted that, relaunched that in 2016. I was mm. already much more popular. So we did like uh, 6,000 people that first one, 2016. Damn. And then every year it built. Now we're, now we're at a huge scale. So that's what I mean. It doesn't go linear up. Like no, we never. had success. What we thought was success yes. was 500 people, yes, 600 people. exactly right. That was great but in you, a small club. Exactly. But you know kids. what? Success isn't a measure of how many people come. And I know you, oh, we've totally. spoken about this before, but it's the fact of how you feel, the achievement that you get from it. 500 people will sometimes feel like 50,000 to you. Mm -hmm. You know, like I've done my first shows this year and 800 people with some shows, 1,200. And yeah. to me, I thought to myself, even if I sell one ticket, that to me is success. It doesn't matter how many people it, come it, to it. Exactly. And it's almost, it's almost like all that stuff, the numbers and the success measures and stuff, that's just fun experiences along the way. Because if you go back to your core, I'm happy if I'm not working a day job I hate. Bro, I Do you know what I mean? That's what makes me I happy could, if I'm doing what I love to do every day. So whether that's 200 people in a club or 20,000 stadium, that's like that's amazing. Bro, for that as comment, I want to I want to kiss you on the forehead. For that comment. <laughs> <laughs> like that comment makes that's me like a proud part. dad. If you're waking up in the morning and going, I, I love my life, I love yeah. what I do, then you're successful. No matter no matter what sort of income, none of that matters actually. No, it doesn't. It's it doesn't bring more or less happiness. They're just achievements that you go sick. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying the episode so far. Please make sure to subscribe and follow us on whatever platform you're tuning in on. Bro, honestly, I don't even need to talk anymore. This is called one-on-one -on -one with Marlo, with Mario. Mario, that's it. Yeah. But, so the Altitude Show. Yeah. It, it's grown so massively. It's a you've just done an international sort of tour with it. So can you just describe where you've been? So you've done all of Australia, basically. Yeah. And you also did overseas. Yeah, that's right. So um, a lot of overseas that we used to go to with Altitude, like a lot of the Asian cities were closed for a long time. Like we used to COVID. do big China tours and everything because of yep. COVID and China's still closed. But we came back to Malaysia. So mm. we did Kuala Lumpur in a bigger venue than we did last time. And the first show, we, we only had intended to do one show because mm. it was double the capacity of what we used to do there. Wow. And it sold out in three minutes. You're joking. Three minutes. And so... How many tickets were there? 4,000. In three minutes. Three minutes. And so we're like scrambling, going, fuck, we need another date. Yeah, we 100%. need to do a second show. You and know, Malaysia. We, like we need a big, big event. We need to do something. And so then we hustled around and the promoter said we can have a Sunday. Now, Sunday is yeah. difficult yes. in any country. Yep. Sunday is a difficult show to sell when the first one's a Saturday. Sunday's so like, like a relaxing right, day. We'll put it on sale. Let's see how we go. Yeah. It sold out in an hour. So two Whoa. shows in the same weekend, Saturday, Sunday. Damn, crazy! Bro. Yeah, it was insane. That's fucking insane, man. And the vi the vibe was next Amazing. level. Next level. Everyone's singing along. Everyone's wearing the merch. It was. We're, it, it it's was such wild. a surreal feel, like feeling, like something that you create in a studio that comes from your mind. You're then presenting it to so, like four thousand people at a time, and they're singing it to you. It's crazy. Like, is it? Is there ever a moment where you're like, holy shit? Like, yeah. what's going on? <laughs> yeah, it's surreal. After my altitude Sydney set, I just laid down for a bit and was just like completely emotionally overwhelmed. It was like an adrenaline dump. I'm like, wow, yeah, what just happened? This is insane. Like, because I never expected it to be like that. And it was never, it was the never reason the goal, I did it. It's it? never, it's, I just never, yeah. I, you know, it's not it's the reason passion, I'm doing it. I love making music exactly. and I love sharing it with people. And, and those people, like you found your niche, which is a fucking huge niche. Do you know what I mean? Like, and they gravitate so much towards you. And 
that's what I would sort of lead into the next question. So what aspect of DJing and producing music and just creating a, an, an amazing feeling for people is it that you enjoy the most? Is it the actual completion of a track where you're like, this is the one? Or is it the interactions you have with people? Like what aspect of it is that, that stands out to you? Uh, my favorite part is definitely, uh, you touched on it before. Um, it's basically looking at a blank screen. Nothing's mm. there, right? And then you spend a lot of time, effort, your skill set, obviously, but a lot of time and love, and you put into something, and then a week later, or however long it takes, you have something to show for your efforts 100%. that you can show other people and share it with other people. That, for me, is there's some sort of magic to that. Just like a painter, you know, you've got that blank white wall there. If you go and paint on it, then there's a painting there. Exactly right. Right. So, so, and you did that, and it's yes. permanent. No one can take that away from you. It's art. Exactly. That's what it is. It's, it so for the rest the of, time, of time. If someone wants to hear one of my songs, they can listen it's to it. It's there. And it, it's incredible. Like I said, just from nothing, you create, you have this imagination, this creative mind where you just go and you make stuff. Like, not everyone can do this, bro. That's the thing. And a lot of the time, people will think, oh, yeah, just put, mixing and matching tunes, whatever it is. But it's not an easy task to do. There's so much involved with it. That's right. And it's also a timepiece where, in that moment, that was what was happening. Yes. Right? And in 20 oh, wow. years, it might be completely out of date, but yeah. that's what makes it cool because it's like you were a part of that timepiece, yeah. you were a piece of that puzzle at that time. Fuck and bro. it's it's that's special i also want to give a special shout out to indonesia because we mentioned malaysia before yeah indonesia was also a sick show for okay, uh for bro, altitude been to the most random places yeah <laughs> like, like, oh, they're doing this? Malo. <laughs> <laughs> well exactly but th but those areas like malaysia and indonesia were my first international shows oh so, so they supported me from the start when i first got started they were the first wow. ones to bring me internationally so and I've grown with them. Yes. And then, like I said, like we mentioned earlier, full circle, the altitude name, and then you bring it to those countries yeah. that you first went to. It's like the rebirth of like something yeah. for you as well, which is honestly, it's inspirational, bro. Like after this, I might not even do comedy anymore. I might just go to the fucking <laughs> studio and start I'll help singing you. or something. Yeah, please, you. bro. DJ fucking Akbar is next to featuring Marlo. <laughs> I can't wait. Um, so with obviously growing popularity and, and more people that know you, you, you grow fans and supporters and, and people that just gravitate towards your work. I am not at the level that you are in terms of popularity and fame and stuff, but even I have got a handful of interactions where people come up to me like, bro, you're that funny cunt. My girlfriend's stepsister's dog loves you. Have you had any weird interactions you, like in your time with anyone? Yeah, but it's, it's really nice actually, because it's, you feel, even though they're strangers, you're part of their life. You know yeah true. And, and when they let you know that then i don't know that feels really feels really nice to kind of be part of people's lives and especially knowing that in some way the music's helped them whether it's given them a moment of joy at a festival or whether it's helped them through a tough time in in one of my sad songs or whatever it's just like to feel that you're part of someone else's life that you don't even know it's a special feeling and and you'd have the same thing that you're talking to people and you're, you're you're bringing something really valuable to people which is you're making them feel good Thanks, you're making them laugh and that's that's so important and valuable um so yeah no that's a beautiful thing man that people are coming up to you and saying that even if they do it in like a jovial yeah you're a funny kind yeah. of whatever it has a meaning behind it that you've 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 changed their lives for the better and they don't even know you can i marry you Marla? Can, <laughs> can i don't worry about you missus don't worry about anything else let's just spend the rest of our lives we've got the same shirt already we're, it's it's a you think we're already matching you don't think i was watching you when you bought it <laughs> You saw me at the airport on the story. Yeah, well, that's the shirt that I'm going to wear today as well. Um, look, I, can t I came to your show in Transmission where you were doing yeah, it. Yeah. You were closing the set. Fucking incredible. Incredible is an understatement. Like, I saw behind the scenes of what you do and the, the, the magnitude of what you do as well. But I also saw in the middle of the show, there was, if you remember it, there's two random guys 
climbed a fucking tower just to watch you play. And that for me was the moment where I'm like, you know what? He's really made it because people are willing to die to watch him. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's when you sort of realize, I think I'm doing okay. People are willing to risk their lives to get a better fucking yeah. view of what I'm doing. That is like, that's, and that comes back to what you were touching on in terms of like the interactions and stuff that you have. People are willing to do so much just to get that taste of Milo, that, that sort of like you've done so much for them and they want to just appreciate you. Mm-hmm. To put their life on the line, like that is an appreciation in itself, man. So hats off to you. Congratulations. But it's been fucking like amazing to see how it is. With your shows and everything as well. So like, for example, with my shows, I do a little bit of like, before I did my shows, the first time ever I did it, I was doing like a little pre, pre-stage routine. What's your pre-stage routine? What's the thing that What's you yours? do? What's yours? I, I, I don't know what but yours mine's is. Really, mine's really weird, bro. Mine is like, I do this weird sidestep thing. Okay. And then I like bounce around. Like, I don't know why I'm preparing to like sing for some reason. I don't know if I'm going thinking it's going to be like a comedy show or like me just singing the national anthem. Is it just you're warming, warming up basically? Getting it's your, for me, it's like your body trying moving? to get blood pumping yeah, exactly. to get the adrenaline to be like, so I don't go on stage because I don't know what to expect, right? Exactly. And when I go there, I, w- I didn't want to start being like, whoa, holy shit. What's like all these eyes are just staring at me. There's nothing. Yeah. There's just me and the crowd. Yeah. So I wanted the adrenaline to be pumping so they didn't see me on stage just shaking. Yeah. So is it similar you're, for you're, you? you? You get yourself in fight mode. You know how adrenaline is fight or flight mode. Yes, 100%. You're getting in fight mode to, yeah. to, to charge, to go for it. Yeah, I do a similar thing, man. It's, it's basically changing your mind. Um, so that you're not just like an observer in the moment mm. that you're attacking the moment. Yes. You're, you're doing it. You're, yeah. you're, you're going for it, you know. And so I, I do a similar thing. I, I, I usually do like some push-ups or just pace around a little bit, walk back and forth, think about what I'm going to do, listen to what the other DJ is playing. Um, quite often, like three, four, five minutes before I actually walk on stage, I just want to be alone for a bit. Yeah. Just to sort out my... Thoughts. And before that, I want to be with people and socialize and get a fun, good I atmosphere saw. going. I was very surprised when I saw you before the show because when you're doing it to that that many people, I'm, I was thinking, fuck, I would be really like, well, holy shit, but you... Like were amazing in the sense you were just joking around with people. Yep. You were sitting, you were talking, you were just eating with everyone. I'm like, holy shit, does this guy know that he's about to go and perform? Like, it's it's really important for me to be surrounded by positive energy yeah, before okay. I go. It's real, well, it, every day actually, yep. but it's really, um, it makes a huge difference. If you focus too much on what you're about to do, it can get really overwhelming and yep. overwhelming is not a good state of no, mind never. to be in ever. So I want to be in a relaxed, happy, fun, positive energy flow yep. with the people around me and, and, and everything else. And then just before I go on, I get focused, close my eyes and think about what I'm going to play and think about what I'm going to do and go through the motions already. And then <sighs> it's go time. Let's, let's smash it. Fuck, yeah, man. so there's definitely a big psych up. Yes, it, and, and you know what? You need to have that psych up. Like you mentioned, otherwise you don't want to be caught. You never want to feel like a moment where you catch yourself thinking, what the fuck's going on? Where it's happening on? to you. Yeah, like what's going yeah. on? Because then that's when it gets like, holy, has that ever happened to you? Where you're like, oh it, shit. When, when you're on stage, especially to the really big shows, yeah. it's like a third person experience. Yes. Because it's so much. It's like almost exactly, you removed bro, yes. and you're seeing yourself do it. Yes. And afterwards you're like, did I just do that? Like that was crazy, you know? And, and it's never a moment, like from my experience, it hasn't been to the magnitude that one day I hope it is, but uh, there was that third person feeling yeah. where you're like, when the, when the people, the crowd like roars of laughter, yours is like roars of excitement and it slaps you across the face and you're like, whoa. That's when your experience and your skill set, you're good. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. You know you're good. Fuck, you'd so, hope so. Yeah. So that's when that takes over. Yeah. And it's almost like autopilot. You do your, you do your show. And yeah. Then, um, but yeah, there's something in you that sort of removes itself from the experience too because it's a lot. It's fucking amazing, man. So look, you've got a, so many amazing tracks, so much beautiful music. Which one of your tracks 
stands out to you the most that's most like you either enjoy it the most pumps you up the most or it has the most sentiment like which one of your tracks is the track that you're like this is my track mm. is there a single track or is it like your body that, of that, I work think, i think there's two tracks that really stand out as, as making the biggest difference so the first one is visions was the track that really um gained me the greatest following and got me the most popular really blew me up yeah <clears throat> in a way and like, you know, the song's 10 years old. I still get requested at every single set. And I see it at people's weddings. It's like a real celebratory big track. Yeah. That if, if you hear my name, they attach that song to it. Yeah, okay. But um, more recently, Lighter Than Air, which was oh, okay. the State of Trans Tune of the Year. But also it gets played at a lot of weddings. And it's, it's like a really emotional song that's touched a lot of people. So that's, that's also a really special one to me. It's amazing, man. It's... it's it's surreal for me to sit here and be talking to you about your own music, like music that's, for me, been part of my growing up in Australia. Like everywhere you'd go, where there was a party, a festival, whatever, if Marlo was there, <laughs> brother, like clear my fucking schedule, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's surreal for me to be sitting here. And that's why I look at someone like you, even though, like I said, we're not the same industry, but you're like an inspiration to someone like oh. me because of what you've, I know, bro, I'm about to start crying. <laughs> but it's, is there anyone that or, or what would you say or your sort of guidance to anyone that is whether they're in the industry like yourself or anyone that wants to make a name for themselves in any industry what would be the you've mentioned on a lot of things but what would be the one sort of advice or one thing that you're like this is something that if i knew about being in the industry yeah. would help me so much um yeah i don't think i don't think it's uh, very productive to focus too much on what others are doing so okay. i used to get stuck in this hole where you sort of no matter what industry you're really in, you look at your competition or people that are on the same level as you. Yeah. And you might feel that you're more deserving of success. You might feel that they've taken a shortcut or they're not as talented or whatever you might feel. And you get frustrated when they get more opportunities than you. Of and that will continue throughout your whole career. That continues through your whole life where you feel other people are less deserving than you are. And that you might be right, but it's a negative mind space. It's not constructive. Um, it doesn't move you forward. It just grows you more and more bitter more and more angry and then you're in a state of mind where you can't be as uh, creative or as good and you're only really hurting yourself and I wish I told myself that because I'd, I'd drive myself nuts going oh why don't I have any shows mm. why don't I get any bookings why don't I have any gigs yeah and it's um it's frustration that that doesn't solve anything so and if you stop focusing on outside factors and just focus on yourself and you do the best that you can do mm. you know you beat your own times if you, like if you're a runner, you're beating 100%. your last best time. Yes. So if, if you, you versus if, you. Exactly. So if you go to sleep knowing you did the best you could that day, yeah. you should be a happy person for that. And you should have a, a positive energy about it because then the next day you'll feel motivated to go, you know what, I'm going to do even more today. 100%. And at the start, it does take a lot of hard work. There's no jokes about it. There's no real shortcuts. And even if you have a bit of success, don't let ego take over because you'll, you'll come. True. You will fail yep. yes 100 you know? man and whether you fail or something terrible happens in your life there will be setbacks 100 yeah. percent. so so to expect things to keep getting better it's not always like that just because they're good now doesn't mean they will be next week but that's okay you just every morning wake up and do better than you did yesterday that's it bro. simple as that and just put the blinders on just do you so for the for the heads that are listening right now let me just shorten down what marla said in an easy way <laughs> fuck everyone you do you boo totally. <laughs> so that, that's no, basically totally. that's yeah, it, bro. 100% man and look that 
that motivated me i'm telling you bro this conversation has actually just made me feel like i want to do more like and <laughs> i know like i said you, you're a dj you're a producer of music but to, to see you speak and how much goes involved with it like how much is involved with it it's honestly fucking amazing man so what i would what i would ask you is you're doing the altitude show you've just come off that what's next for you what what's your plans you're doing the festivals you're going to a festival today actually after yep. this you're going and you're doing a show as well so fucking in a incredible. few hours in a yeah, few hours <laughs> it's fucking crazy oh, what's next for milo uh, well, these Festival X shows, so I'm closing the main stage in every city, yep. um, except today. Today yep. I am doing swapping with Calvin Harris, just because yep. he's got some travel issues. Yeah. So after the Festival X shows, I've got some Asia shows coming up. I'm doing New Year's Eve in Jakarta. Wow. Um, the label's kicking ass. Got a lot of new songs coming out on my own label, yep. Reaching Altitude. Um, yeah, and next year is going to be really special. There's a lot planned for next year. I can't fucking wait, bro. I'm honestly an admirer of your music, a big fan Thanks, of man. yours, man. You are an inspiration to me and to many other people. I genuinely appreciate you coming down and spending the time to talk to me, bro. No worries. I've gained a lot of knowledge, man. I did. I honestly didn't think I'd gain this much knowledge, but I fucking <laughs> have. So I'll pay you the five hundred thousand. <laughs> no, no, no. I hope I can come back again next bro, time when I've more time. You are more than welcome to come back anytime. Any right. guests that I got, I don't care to the Prime Minister, I'm going to kick him out and make <laughs> them watch us talk, bro. Thank you so much for coming down, brother. I really, really appreciate the time you've taken out. Thank I you. know you're a very busy man, so I, I genuinely appreciate it so much. Thank you, bro. Thank you, bro. Thank, Thank you, you very so much. much. Next time on One on One. Dr. Shaquille O'Neal. Thank you so much for joining us today, Shaq. What's your name again? Ibi. Oh, come on, man. We just started. I came in yesterday, had an interview with you. I know you're a busy guy. I know you got shit to do. We had to reschedule it. I understand, but you owe me parking money, twenty dollars. There you go, Edward. Thank you very. <laughs> right there, guys. Thank you. My name means little warrior. What about you? Is the look at the size? You're like seven foot fifty. Nothing on me is little. You are correct. One of your nicknames is MDE, most dominant ever. Right. Right. Yeah. One of my nicknames is TEE. Thickest eyebrows ever. Your eyebrows are thick as shit. Oh no, bro. If you say it, then it's officially a fact. <laughs> Would you ever share the octagon with Charles Barkley? Yeah, because I'd break his nose. Give Charles Barkley a message right now. If there's anything Charles, you want to say to him, you know call him out. You know I whoop your ass, Charles.